T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. It's the best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. T-G-I-F. I'm Dan Day. Give me a follow on Twitter, at Dan Day Radio. You can always step into the day spa, which we will do in just a little bit. If you were listening to the Hawk and Crowder Show, I will play back later in this show the best of that Huckman highlights and Crowder crowd pleasers, but treats, treats, and more treats just coming in about four minutes from now. Going to play Joe Rose Show's interview this morning with the new offensive coordinator of the Miami Hurricanes, Rhett Lashley. All I have to say about Rhett Lashley, last year at SMU, the team averaged 42 points, and he was the orchestrator of the offense. 42 points a game. That's just a game. 42 points in a game. So he's going to open up the offense right here in Miami and aware. He's going to open up to the Joe Rose Show. Dan Levitard Show, here's a little teaser of what you're going to hear from them around 628. It's I'm, funny that the greatest thing for Tannehill's Dolphins legacy was something that he did outside of their <laughs> uniform. Uh-huh, that's going to be some good stuff. Plus, Hawk and Crowder, they're going to be arguing about chicken. Is it a traditional breakfast food? I'm not going to hate that argument right now. Just, you know mulled over in your brain. That's going to be at around 6.38 later on this evening for your drive home or your hanging out at home or whatever you're doing. I got some headlines for you right now, too, so let's do them. Despite returning to play last game, Justice Winslow will be sidelined tonight when the Heat play in Brooklyn at 7.30. Kane's defensive end Greg Russo was named the team's MVP, Newcomer of the Year, and Defensive MVP. The Panthers beat the Canucks 5-2. This Sunday, the team will host Military Appreciation Night when they play the Maple Leafs. The NFL playoffs roll on this weekend starting tomorrow at 4.30 with the Vikings and 49ers facing off. Then at 8.15, it's Titans-Ravens. Sunday, things get started at 3 with the Texas taking on Texans taking on the Chiefs. Then at 6.40, the Seahawks-Packers rumble. The betting public is overwhelmingly putting their money on LSU. The Bengal Tigers are six-point favorites over the Clemson Tigers in the national championship game, which kicks off Monday at 8. Dolphins offensive coordinator Jim Caldwell is being considered for the Eagles' open OC position. Canes basketball team are back in action Sunday at 6 against Pitt at the Watsco Center. And you know what time it is now. Oh, it's not the weekend until you get a little day spa. A British woman claims she predicted Prince Harry and Meghan Markle's split from the royal family simply by reading asparagus spears. This self-proclaimed asparamancer is my hot mess of the day. Mm. In other royal news, Canada's t- Tim Hortons has offered Harry and Meghan a lifetime of free coffee if they move to the country. Free coffee for life to live north of the border? Nah. Now for free beer, I'd never leave. Australia's Navy has emerged. I'm sorry, Australian's Navy has emergency delivered beer to a local bar that was doubling as a shelter for residents fleeing the country's recent wave of wildfires. Pub was dangerously close to drying up after evacuees had been housed there since New Year's. Australia's Navy, I salute you. Godspeed. Now on the weather brought to you by Hylia Park. Tonight's forecast calls for a chance of rain with temperatures in the mid-70s. Win your share of $10,000 every Saturday at Hylia Park Casino. Receive free entries every Saturday, plus earn entries with slot play. The more you play, the better your chances to win. Visit HyliaPark.com for details. Yes, indeed. Hopefully, the Canes will be all over the field next year, especially on offense, putting up big numbers and making you cheer until you cannot cheer anymore. And hopefully the orchestrator, or at least one of the orchestrators of that, will be their new offensive coordinator, Rhett Lashley. He's fresh into town and one of his first stops, the Joe Rose Show this morning. Joe Rose is on from 6 to 10 a.m. weekdays. What did they talk about? Well, how Lashley is going to treat the quarterback position. Also, Lashley's high school coach, Gus Melzahn. That's where he learned the spread offense. 
More plays equals more chances to win. What he needs from the U's quarterback next season. Keeping the kids at home, especially here in South Florida, you know it's very important. And what do you do when you are heading up against the Blitz? Joe, we got a little treat right now. Rhett Lashley, the new offensive coordinator. He just ran seven plays while you were talking. Right. Air raided this entire interview. He just ran seven plays. (laughs) Rhett, first off, welcome to South Florida. Thanks for coming on the show for a couple minutes. I know you've only been in town for a couple days, but uh, welcome to South Florida and welcome to the show. Thanks, man. Thanks, Joe and Zach. Appreciate y'all having me on. Rhett, uh, we just needed a a little teaser here of of what's to come. I know a lot of people saying we want to spread and up-tempo and everything, and obviously the monster numbers you've been able to put up at SMU. I'm always curious. We've had a, a problem at quarterback, as you well know, consistency at the quarterback position. Are those jobs wide open again for you, Coach, as you come in as the new guy, or do you go back and look at tape and go, oh, we got to move on from some guys? How will you treat the quarterback situation once you get used to everybody? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, look, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what you're doing. You've got to have consistency at the quarterback position, um, especially in what we want to do, you know, playing fast and spreading the field and um, trying to put our playmakers in space. Uh, you got to have a quarterback who's almost like a point guard on a basketball team and could just kind of run the show and distribute things and so you know the great thing about it it's not just a quarterback it's at every position you know I think I get to meet with the guys for the first time on Sunday but you know what I've told the ones I have talked to so far is you know it, it's a clean slate to be honest with you I don't really care what's happened last year uh, because that doesn't do anything to help us moving forward right I'm really focused on what we can do moving forward so everybody's got a clean slate but I don't think there's any question there's no reason to dodge it uh, you know for us to be good on offense uh, and to make the improvements we want to make uh, you know we've got to have a lot more consistency at the quarterback position we hear up tempo attacking spread all all those things mm-hmm. i always wonder was there one coach that that really got you onto this <laughs> and you go man i like this i like this style and, yeah. and this is what i want to run is there one guy out there honestly for me it's really what i know i mean i as a player uh back in the late 90s in high school i played for gus malzahn who's the head coach at auburn you know i threw it 71 times in a game twice I think all three years I was in high school, we led the country in total offense or right up there at the top. And, uh, you know, we didn't have a guy ran faster than a 4-6. We just we spread the field. We played fast. We were tough. We were disciplined. We executed. And it really gave us an advantage. And so that's just kind of my background. And then, I, you know, I've spent a lot of time with Gus, whether it be at Arkansas, Arkansas State, Auburn, um, you know, when I broke off and, and kind of gone and done my own thing. But there's still a lot of, um, you know, of that philosophy that's in me. You see what Clemson does. You know, guys like that all come from kind of the same tree. We believe in spreading the field, getting your playmakers in space, and, and playing fast. And uh, you know, ultimately, that's what kids want to do. They love it. That if they're doing what they want to do, they'll uh, they'll buy in just a little bit more. Playing fast, tempo, play, 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 play. Third in, in the FBS last year in plays per game at eighty per eighty point nine, which is ridiculous because we talk about that all the time. When you see an offense come out there and they only had sixty plays or whatever it was, eighty point nine. This is the same thing we're going to hopefully yeah. see here in Coral Gables in Miami coming up in the next couple of years. Correct. We want to be fast and we want to play physical. Just because we're spreading the field, we don't want to give any uh, illusion that we want to be a finesse team. We want to be a really physical team. Uh, you got to be able to run and throw the football to win in college football. But I'm from Arkansas. You know, you can probably tell by listening to my voice, right? But, you know, I grew up when Nolan Richardson was winning national championships in 40 minutes of hell in Arkansas. And it was just a, a unique style and brand of, of basketball that, that everybody wasn't really doing. And so, you know, if we can do something that's a little different, you know, have something that's a little unique to us, it gives us an advantage uh, that is a way of life for us. At the end of the day, the more plays you get, the more chances your playmakers have to touch the ball, the more chances you have to score. It's just that simple. Uh, and hopefully we can wear down our opponents because it's something we're used to. And at the end end of the day spread the field get our guys in space and, and let them do what god's given the ability to do coach third down is is has been an issue and i i know you haven't had a chance to look at all the the different th- anything different that you do on third down to have more success which has been an issue here in south florida for a while not that we're past that but it obviously you can't run 80 plays if, if you don't have success on third down yeah get the ball past the first down marker you know <laughs> um, right you got to have a good quarterback and that's productive but at the same time i think everything is going to be built off on execution. You can't even go fast if you don't execute. If you're throwing incompletions, you're taking sacks and negative plays, you're not going to go very fast. And so it sounds good to say we want to play fast, but there's a lot that goes into that. I know we got a lot of work ahead of us. we got to be able to execute at a high level. And that, that comes with discipline and repetition. I do think success breeds confidence. And confidence allows you to be successful on third down in clutch moments in the red zone. And to be successful, you got to get guys bought into having an identity 
they got to know who we are, and they've got to have done stuff over and over and over again to right. create good habits so they can't execute when all the pressure's on. Coach, I-, I wanted to ask you this one, too, because I- I've heard this in the past. Is it an easy offense to learn, or does it have a lot of different parts to it? You know, I think that's what's exciting about even back when I played for Gus in high school and all through the years. I think the thing that we really take pride in with our system is it is a player-friendly system. It's not complicated. We're not trying to, to go out there and-, and make it complicated because not only do we want to play fast with tempo, we want our players to play fast. And what I mean by that is be reacting, not thinking. Because when kids are reacting at any position, then their abilities are, are taking over and they're and they're playing to the best of their ability. When they're thinking, they're hesitant, they're slow, uh, they're guessing, and they're not as good as they can be. And so our system is designed to be very simple for our guys on our team, but to present itself as complex to the defense. You know, we want to give the defense a lot of problems. We want to attack. We want to you know kind of dictate to them and put pressure on the defense. But at the same time, you know, allowing our guys to go, this really isn't that hard. You know, we've done this over and over again. Let's just go out and play. You expect to bring in some some different coaches with you? Have you guys made up your mind on that yet? You know, that's just something that Coach Diaz and I are still um, kind of in the process of finalizing. You know, I know you weren't here, for, obviously, for the recruiting and, and the first part of the recruiting day and the big recruiting day they had down here. You do, and I know that you've been around college football for a while, so you know it, but in your backyard now, Dade County, Broward County, Palm Beach County, you got some <clears> of the best athletes that might fit well in this offense around the entire country. I know there's other places that have great players, but you have three counties now that have some of the best in the Mm -hmm. country. This has got to be fun for you also when you're going to be able to kind of showcase your offense to all the kids down here to stay at home and go to the University of Miami. There's no doubt. I think that's one of the things that makes this opportunity exciting is there's a lot of young men down here that have a lot of ability, and I think if they just see an offense that they know they can come in and thrive in and and use their abilities, it'll excite them to want to stay home and go to the U. You know, when I was at Auburn, I recruited down here four or five years, and uh, we got a lot of good players out of here. Everybody comes down here to recruit because there's players everywhere, but it's a lot different when you're coming down here to get a player versus when you're able to say, this is home. Try to get guys to stay here and put on that you. I mean, look, there's so much history and tradition here. You know, five national championships. You can go on and on and on about all the incredible players that have played here and gone on to the next level. And so it really is exciting to know that you can just drive up the road and find, uh, you know, guys that can help you win a championship. Coach, you got two really good tight ends. Really, really good tight ends. Uh, in the spread, is there a position for those guys? Is is there a place for them to have success? No, without question. I mean, I think in what we do, those guys are kind of the glue guys. I mean, the better your tight ends are, the more versatile you can be and play fast. Because if you don't have great tight ends, you can play fast, but you're a little bit limited, and the defense has a little better idea of kind of what personnel you're in, what set you're in. When you have tight ends that can put their hand down, be off the ball, flex out like a wide receiver, like the, the couple guys we have here, it really gives you a lot of versatility to not only go fast, but go fast and be multiple with the looks you give. You know, one minute you're in a heavy set, the next minute you're an empty and you've gone fast. You know, I was fortunate where I was this last year at SMU to have a tight end that had over 700 yards and nine touchdowns and almost 50 catches. And he was a real versatile weapon for us. And over the years at Auburn, when we were at our best, we had a playmaker there. and mm-hmm. got some guys that are in the NFL at that position. So I'm really excited about the guys we have here at tight end. Coach, I don't want to get technical because they'll start ripping me for for this next question. But <laughs> for blitzes and, and putting pre- – you got blitz breakoffs or they're just – things built into your passing game or talk about that just a little bit if you would well I think it goes back to what we said earlier I mean what we do allows our guys to do it over and over again that they can solve a lot problems instead of you know doing a bunch of different stuff and you know it all but you're not really good at anything I mean look people are going to blitz I like it when people blitz because that just gives you opportunities for big plays okay you know our our system we're in the shotgun probably 90 percent of the time we're not trying to hold the ball forever the longer you hold the ball Yep. The more sacks you have, the more negative plays you have, the more bad things happen. And so, um, you know, we've got a lot of work to do to get to where we want to be. But in our passing game, we're not trying to have the quarterback hold the ball forever. Let's get it out of his hands. Let's get completions. Let's get it to playmakers. Uh, that doesn't mean we're not going to throw it vertically down the field because we are. And that's a big part of right. what we do. But I don't think you have to hold it forever to do that. And that'll help, you know, limit the sacks. And, and if you get the ball out quick on some blitzes and hurt them, they'll stop it. I, I got to ask you this one. And I know you've only been here a couple of days, but have you had a chance to look at some of the tapes of the talent that you have? have on this team right now because we've heard you know when you don't score like yeah. oh maybe it's not scheme it's the talent's not good enough that they're recruiting do you see enough from the tapes you've seen a little bit uh of what they have coming back i have you know okay. i've watched um tape on all the guys coming back 
specifically, I've watched all the guys we got coming in that have already signed that'll be here this weekend as incoming recruits. First of all, I think we have a lot of really good recruits coming in. I was excited about what the staff here was bringing in. And the guys on the team, I mean, look, when things don't go well places, there's always a bunch of different reasons why. Right. Okay. And everybody always wants to point to this, 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 or this. At the end of the day, it wasn't getting done. And so it's our job as a staff to come in and to develop relationships with these players so they trust us and will believe in what we're trying to ask them to do. And then again, just to get everybody <clears throat> from the offensive staff to the offense, you know, pulling in the same direction and working together. There's a lot of power in that. And like you said, I mean, we, we've got to have production at the quarterback position. But I, I do see some guys that, um, at least my first impression, that, you know, have a chance to thrive in what we're going to do. Your last comment could be your biography uh, in the uh, Canes Media Guide. Everything you just said. Oh, we, we got to fix it all, quarterback. You just did it. You just did the, the, the sports information guy's job right there by just that last quote there. I'm yeah, trying to help any way I can. Right. Oh, look, you're get, it's a great start by you, Coach. Yeah, obviously, Coach, you, you just kind of answered the question, but when you when you look at the stats from last season for you, when you were 41.8 points per game, when you were 7th best in the nation, 489 yards per game, uh, I think the fans down here and everyone down here kind of salivating when they when they see stuff like that and uh, and seeing what that offense can produce. They're going to be excited to see you out there for spring football and everything just to see what this air raid attack looks like. So it'll be fun to see what that offense looks like with the Dade, the Browdy, the Broward, the Palm Beach, and all the guys from down here. So you got it all on your plate right there, Coach. It's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. Yeah, I mean, I can't wait. You know, like I said, there's a lot of work ahead. I mean, this is brand new to our guys. You know, we were successful the last couple of years where I was because we had good players. We had a great staff. Sonny Dykes, I can't thank him enough for the opportunities he gave me and consider him a friend and a mentor in this business. But coming down here, we got some really good players. We got some good kids that are just hungry. They want to they wanna win. They want to be successful. They know what we are capable of here. The opportunity is great. I'm glad we got spring all summer and fall camp to get some work done before we play that first game. But I'm also excited because, uh, like I said, I think there's just incredible opportunity here. The U's new OC, Rhett Lashley, liking what I'm hearing and seeing from him. He did tear it up at SMU. He comes from good lineage. In fact, University of Arkansas was considering hiring him as their head coach. We're lucky we landed him. I know some people are going to say, yeah, but a lot of people said we're lucky to land Danny. Knows why didn't that work? Different coaches work different places. Let's give Rhett Lashley a chance and maybe have a whole lot of fun next season. Always having a whole lot of fun with the Dan Levitard Show. They're on weekdays from 10 to 1, and although they do joke around a lot, sometimes they get serious and bring up some good points like this. It's funny that the greatest thing for Tannehill's Dolphins legacy was something that he did outside of their (laughs) uniform. You'll hear more about that coming up at around 6.23. Keep it tuned for that. It is the Best of the Joe Show. Welcome back to the Best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day. If you're free this weekend, go to Funky Buddha. Well, if you're free any weekend, you should go to Funky Buddha, but they're having their maple bacon coffee porter party. And you know Crowder and I are going to be out there bright and early and late and dark. We're going to be having a whole lot of fun pretty much all day out there. It is going to be a whole lot of fun. Live music, great beers, great food. Even better people and company. So won't you join us tomorrow? Starting at around 2 o'clock. If you want to find out more details, of course, you can hit me up on my Twitter page, at Dan Day Radio. Whoo, just thinking about it has me, oh, 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 so excited. It's also got me excited, this song right here, Silver Sun Pickups, Lazy Eye. Silver Sun Pickups, one of my all-time favorite bands. Can't go wrong with Brian, Nikki, Chris, Joe. They recently performed at our Riptide Music Festival. And oh, it was so glorious. But we're not done with the music here at 560 The Joe because on Saturday, February 1st, we're teaming up with Radio.com to present The Night Before at the BB&T Center starring Zach Brown Band. You know, got my toes in the sand, cold beer in my hand, life is beautiful, and little bit of chicken fried. No, I'm sorry. I'm ruining your ears, and I'm also ruining this song, the Silver Sun Pickups. Nonetheless, join us for the biggest big game pre-party in South Florida with Grammy Award winners Zach Brown Band. A little bit of chicken pride. Tickets for this show are on sale now at Ticketmaster.com. They're going fast, though. The Night Before is presented by Radio.com and AM560 and FM96.5 HT2 The Ticket. Maybe Dan Levitard and the team will be out there. Heck, probably love the Zach Brown Band. You gotta love the Dan Levitard show, though. For years, they have been making it happen right here in South Florida. Some of the most fun and some of the best insight. And they do get insightful every once in a while. Like right now, they're looking into Tannehill's 
greatest contribution to the Dolphins. It wasn't even in a Dolphins uniform. Plus, Winston, greater than Mariota. And somebody has written here in here by text that if Tom Brady does indeed leave the AFC East, should Brian Flores and Ryan Fitzpatrick immediately go into the Miami Dolphins ring of honor for getting him out of the division after 20 years? Because they are the ones who triggered the chain of events that ended. Uh, that, that game that my, the Patriots lost against Tennessee was lost the week before. There's Tannehill the in there as well. Tannehill, Tannehill as well? It's I, funny that the greatest thing for Tannehill's Dolphins legacy was something that he did outside of their uniform. It really is. Because the general take from Dolphins fans it's like Ryan Tannehill, we like him. Didn't exactly work out down here, but sure, he's one of us. Aren't they infuriated though that he turned into this once he left the Dolphins? Yeah, I, honestly, they were so happy that he eliminated Tom Brady. He was the highest rated passer in the league this year. The, the yeah, numbers, from the time he took over, crazy. The, the numbers that he uh, put up in terms of uh, his quarterback rating—it's just stupefying. Didn't to, have that. And kudos to Mike Vrabel, although why does he care that I'm giving him kudos? But kudos to Mike Vrabel for making that decision to switch to Mariota because that's not easy. It's not. It's not. Look, Mariota was obviously... If that one's not easy, then what damn decision at that position's ever going to be easy? You were losing. Mariota's always hurt. They were giving you the same kinds of they, games. They, they weren't losing. I mean, Mariota's won a playoff game at Arrowhead Mike, for they them. were they were under 500. I don't think... Yeah, takes, but they were a game away from getting right back at 500. It doesn't fans. take any bravery to bench the quarterback who's got you under 500, who's questionable every damn week, and you know is going to spend the next 10 seasons throwing the ball nine yards. I, I guess I'm with you. It's probably an easier decision than most, even though Tannehill, I mean, who could have expected this in particular? But you see how hard, like, Tampa Bay's got a legitimate decision because you know who the leading passer was in the NFL? The guy that had... 30 interceptions yeah. in terms of yardage. Like, they have to consider. It's tough to walk away from someone that you drafted number two overall. It's so odd with Tannehill, man. He's never had a rating of over 100, and this year he goes 117.5. I mean, the numbers are staggering. If I may, when you're the Tennessee Titans and a seven-year starter in Miami who has shown that he's a capable starting quarterback because whatever your questions about Ryan Tannehill he was a legitimate starter I'd argue he was an above average starter most of you would say he was a totally average starter but when he went with the Titans as I recall all of us our reaction was he can beat out Mariota there correct yeah he can beat yes. out Mariota yeah. because Mariota is like Winston one of these guys we've been talking about for five years asking maybe maybe you can win with it maybe you can't but to me they are. I mean, no one's like Jameis Winston. That's not a, Winston's that's not above true. Mariota at this point, right? Well, I mean, Mariota does have that win at Arrowhead in the playoffs. Like, yeah. it's, it's no, but when they have Winston's success. above Mariota. I mean, he has to be. Is he? Yeah. Then that just happened this last half of a season. He's turning the ball over. You think Jameis Winston threw a lot of intercepting intercepted passes, and he did with thirty, ending the season on the perfect punctuation. Go look at interceptable passes thrown. He's got 45, and no one else, no one else had 30. Like, he's got 45 passes that could have, should have been intercepted. I understand that. I'm just saying, I'm setting a very low bar. I'm saying he's better than Marcus Mariota. Well, yeah, but you're saying that because they benched him, and then you saw what Tannehill did. You might not have been saying that halfway through the season or even at the end of the season if they kept playing Mariota. I mean, I, I don't have an example in the pros of someone being able to to win with Jameis Winston. I've seen Mariota win a road playoff game. But that's how you're doing it, Mike. You're doing it just the guy who wins the game. He's the I don't reason think either that of them won. are good. I thought Daniel was better because I watched him closely down here. But it's it's hard to do. Okay, but you're you are af apparently afraid of all things because you just got done telling me. You know what else is hard to do? Benching the guy who's been totally mediocre for five years. I mean, for another mediocre guy, they, they were tough. losing. The Titans were losing. He's always hurt. It's not an act of bravery and nobility to start Tannehill. The question is, will Ryan Tannehill have over 100 yards passing tomorrow against the Ravens? Because he did not against the Patriots, yet they still won. And I think the real question that remains to be asked, if Ryan Tannehill stayed here in Miami, how would he have done this season? Or maybe that's not that hard of a question to answer. I don't know. Nonetheless, Titans-Ravens tomorrow night, 8-15. Before that, it's going to be the Vikings-49ers starting at 4-35. Then if you haven't had enough 
football, like I. Sunday, Texans, Chiefs, 3 p.m., followed by the Seahawks, Packers at 6.40. We're not finished yet. Following this message, we are going to have some Hawk and Crowder talking about chicken for breakfast? It's the Best of the Joe Show. Welcome back to the Friday edition of the Best of the Joe Show. Running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day, or as they say in Espanol, Daniel Dia. If that helps any. Kind of a cool Miami anniversary today. Jimmy Johnson named the Dolphins coach on this day in 1996. People thinking he'd lead the Dolphins like he led the Hurricanes. Uh, Pro's a little tougher than that, but much love to Jimmy Johnson on this day in 1996 being named the Dolphins head coach. A couple of cool birthdays. Jake Delhomme, my cousin down in South Louisiana. Jake, house of the man. That's what Delhomme means in French. Ethan Allen on this day in 1738 was born. Of course, he led the Green Mountain Boys and then opened up his own furniture store. Rod Stewart. Oh, Maggie, I couldn't have 75. Donald Fagan. Steely Dan, 72 years old. And Pat Benatar. I'm not going to tell you how old she is. I'm just going to let you know she still looks good and sounds really good when her and her husband, Neil Gerardo, go running around performing in this country. Just a few minutes, maybe get the executive producer of the Hawk and Crowder show, Alejandro Solana, to stop by, kind of talk about what's going on with the heat and some other sports going down in South Florida. Got those Hawkman highlights and Crowder crowd pleasers. If you missed any part of the week on the Hawk and Crowder show, Weekdays from 3 to 6 right here on 560 The Joe. Going to run that back with true hilarity. Now, this next segment, it's hilarious, but also very serious. Hawk and Crowder, they get after it. They're always having fun, but they get after it. They're competitive, especially when it comes to food, oddly enough. Now, to complicate things even more, the voice of the Florida Panthers, Doug Plagans, also big into food. He stopped by the show, talked with the guys, and then a food fight broke out. What was the food fight about? Chicken for breakfast. Real quickly, Doug Plagans, Wendy's has announced that they are going full throttle into the breakfast business. Mm. They've tried before and failed, and they're really the only fast food place that doesn't do breakfast. Do you do fast food breakfast? Uh, only here and there. What would be um, your go-to? McGriddles. McGriddle. It's yeah. a great choice. Great choice. Yes. Oh, if I'm going, if I'm going breakfast, just like a chicken food, biscuit. Mc, if I'm going McGriddle, uh, or if I'm going breakfast fast food, McGriddle, I think. Uh, but those Chick Fil A, the little little ones, the, the chicken minis on bites. that sweet bread, those oh. are unbelievable too. Oh, yeah. But uh, having, I've never had that. So chicken for breakfast, like that's it's, it's like a little like like Doug said, like a little honey bun right. with a little chicken nugget inside. Yeah. Bro, oh yeah. Delicious. You could you could sit there and think you're gonna have one or two, and it turns into about ten of them in a. In a hurry, but but chicken for breakfast that doesn't it's not off putting meat. No, I, I'm I, familiar I think, with chicken. I don't know that I would have it every single day, but if it's a specialty item, then uh, you know that it's it then it's put in that position for a reason. It's maybe my favorite answer that I've ever given. <laughs> I've ever given on radio. It's meat. I'm familiar with chicken. <laughs> no, but chicken for breakfast that's not a common breakfast Normal item. Man, no, what? Chicken is bacon, sausage. Like that, it's that's just pork. Meat. It's pork meat. is a breakfast meat. Chicken looking, is not. Chicken I'm is looking not, up Wendy's breakfast combos. They have a honey chicken sandwich. I understand Everybody that. Does. I'm just saying chicken is not traditionally a breakfast meat. It's not. In what country? Uh, ours. Oh. Is it? Solana, is chicken a breakfast meat? No, it's not. It it's might not. not be the first one you think of, but it. Uh, right, I, I pork. Think, like I said, there are some places where they they it's it's so good they've come Again, up with an I'm item. Again, I'm not it's saying that there's yeah. not, you know, I mean, I'll have uh, leftover Chinese food for breakfast if I feel like it. I'm not cold saying pizza that you, for breakfast. Cold That's pizza a for pleaser. breakfast. I'm, I'm not saying that it's not possible. I'm just telling you, traditionally, chicken is not a breakfast meat. Sausage is... Pork is every now and then steak and eggs. Like you'll see a little bit of uh, of ground meat uh, 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 or a, like so, steak and eggs is like uh, so beef and pork's fine, but you keep you keep the poultry out of chicken. I don't even think. Well, I don't keep the poultry out of chicken. Poultry is chicken, but I I don't uh, I don't think that beef is a typical breakfast meat either. I think pork pork is generally your breakfast meat. I, I think I could work with any of them in the I think right situation. I think we've reached the end of the internet.
<laughs> all right, Plagans. Uh, don't let Crowder bully you into uh, bully what? Because we're all friends knows. here. Yeah, but everybody knows okay. that chicken is not a traditional breakfast. Uh, Wendy's meat. has a chicken biscuit. McDonald's has a chicken biscuit. Chick Fil A has a chicken biscuit. I, okay, every breakfast place has a chicken biscuit, but it's not a breakfast sandwich. Every place has it. It's not a traditional breakfast. In 1901? Meat. No, now in Come 2020, on. it's not. I'm sorry, Doug. How many times have you said, Doug? You know what I'm craving this morning for breakfast? Some chicken. Uh, you Never. know, if somebody if somebody brings those Never is those Chick Fil A chicken minis, I'm not saying you wouldn't eat them. He I, loves listen, the chicken minis. I, I got I gotcha. What uh, what do you? I've had do? an omelet with you? chicken in it. Before oh, he's got to go. He actually told me he had to go at four thirty. Why didn't you remind me you had to go, Plagans? Uh, because I'm just a, I'm a good teammate here. I'm a good team good team player. Mark Rick uh, was out with us earlier, and he's like, I gotta go. <laughs> you should. I literally have. Look what I have written here. Has to be out by four thirty. I have it written wow. in red in on red. my own notes. Sorry, Doug. sorry, Plagans. It's go. no, it's no problem. No, at I feel all. terrible I enjoy, now. I enjoy the visit. I feel I enjoy terrible the visit. now. I'm buying you some chicken minis for breakfast next time you sleep over. We got to go to this place that you're talking about too. What do y'all do? What? Uh, what'd you hear? You stay at his house. Doug Plagans. No. Thank you, Doug. Thank you very much as always, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Totally forgot he had to go. Thank you for reminding me, Solana. He would have stayed out. He would have missed his entire media availability. Like he told me, media availability is at 445, so let me go by 430 so I can get over there. He totally would have blown it off to have this ridiculous conversation. Donovan Campbell texts me. He loves steak and eggs. No one's saying you that You just it's said not- it's a borderline breakfast food. I like steak and eggs. But not chicken. All I what said do you was, have against chicken? Listen. Listen to what I'm saying. And, I, and then I want you to repeat it back to me. Because I'm not certain that when you acknowledge I, that you're listen to listen. Tra- traditional listen, breakfast Listen meat. to what I'm saying and then repeat it back what to you me. Got? Chicken is not a traditional breakfast meat. What does that mean? I'm sorry. I'm asking you what to does repeat that mean? it back traditional to me. Traditional to who? Repeat it back to me. Traditional to who? Is pineapple a traditional pizza topping? Tradi- yes, they, on everything there's a Hawaiian pizza. Is it a tradition? Tradition to who? To the Crowders? This goes back. We don't need no damn pineapple on pizza, this but goes I don't back say it's tradition. To what's a more historically successful football program in college football, the Miami Hurricanes or the Florida Gators? Yale and Princeton. Okay, and Yale and Princeton are traditionally... Historically, historically better, but specifically between the Miami Hurricanes mm-hmm. and the Florida Gators, who has the historically better football program? My championship? I, I, however you want to determine it. Oh, if it's my championships, it's y'all. And but my, if we do anything else, it's probably going to be the Gators. Well, how would you determine that someone's historically we better without- winning percentages. We can do a lot of things. Y'all just want to yell out five championships, and you said something six about six. championships. Because you don't know Ohio State whooped y'all's ass. No, the game was yes. over. The game yes. was over. You can't have two finishes to a game. Ohio State decided to do that along with Bob Porter, the ref. What was that guy's name? Terry Porter. Terry Porter. So six championships and no chicken for breakfast. See, the whole thing. Even with the chicken, it's a Canes thing, and you wouldn't understand. Y'all are damn chickens, and it's not damn not your, ibis. It's not your fault. You, you understand? I know you blame. I know you. I know you blame yourself that you don't understand. But it's a Canes thing. You couldn't understand. What about ackee and saltfish? Culture. It's culture. I wonder what the percentage of chicken sold in America goes to lunch and dinner versus breakfast. Might that sway you? I wonder what portion of a lot of things go at different meals. But might that specifically in the chicken conversation sway you? No. 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 So chicken is a more popular breakfast meat than pork? Just meat. Is it a it's more- just a protein? No, 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 it's just a protein. No, nobody says it's just a protein. I- so, so you're saying that you go to a rest- restaurant and you say, "Can I get some pancakes and protein?" Yeah, and you don't care what they bring you. You, you don't care if they rack. bring you bacon, sausage, or a chicken it's breast. A good enough restaurant. So just bring me some protein along with the pancakes. <laughs> Take, the L, Take the L, Take the L. Take the L. Take the L. I'm not. Every restaurant sells chicken That's sandwiches. That's not the argument. Not the argument. So how can it not be popular? Wouldn't they have taken it off the list? Wouldn't they have not be wasting their time with chicken sandwiches if chicken not sandwiches tradi- were not it's eaten? It's not a tradition. And what damn meat. tradition? Ooh, chicken and waffles, though, somebody tweets at Ooh. me. Takes the L, Crowder. You know what? Had you thought of that, though, this is why you didn't think of it, though. 
It's a Keynes thing, and you wouldn't understand. It's just it's a so Keynes thing. now you're thing. arguing with me and against me? Well, that guy actually makes a great point. See, I'm not intractable on the position, but I'm telling you, your okay. argument doesn't hold water. Every restaurant serves a chicken sandwich that serves breakfast, and now we add chicken and waffles, and now you're taking credit for chicken and waffles, and it backs my damn point. But that guy added chicken and waffles. You didn't. You had ridiculous points, and I understand. Appreciate listen, it, Nathaniel. Listen. You know what? It's a Keynes thing. And you wouldn't understand. I'll give the texture love on this. Is eggs a traditional breakfast food? Yeah, but we're talking that's, about- That's a unfertilized chicken. <laughs> I'm leaving. But that's not a breakfast- I'm leaving. But that's I'm not leaving. a breakfast meat. Appreciate not, it. Eggs Appreciate is not meat. It. What? It's a protein. Eggs. No, no, no. It's a protein. <laughs> <But> it, <laughs> that's not a- No. No, that's crazy. <laughs> that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. What? So what makes an egg? If we're talking about what breakfast makes an meat, egg? if we're talking about breakfast meat, yeah, a protein. and you say egg is in the category, then I'm going to tell you, you don't know what meat is. What category is it in? Starch? Eggs? Is what? Starch? It's not meat. Is it vegetable? It's an egg. It's a protein. Actually, it's dairy. I think it's dairy. Egg is dairy. I think it's dairy. <laughs> I think egg is closer to dairy than meat. Bro, it is a baby. It is a feed, a chicken fetus. I'm familiar with how chickens are made. <laughs> you know they hatch out of those damn white little ovals. But egg is not meat. Egg is a yes. It's a. If you have to put in the category, what category is it in? Not meat. It's a baby chicken. It's a protein. I mean, that's his. That's his. No, that's truth. Okay, so cashews are protein. So to cashews me, cashews is not a baby chicken. Okay, eggs are nuts though because they're both proteins. <laughs> Give me that damn music. <laughs> Give me the music. <laughs> No, no, oh no, Jack. No. Egg is protein. Didn't you just say that meat is protein, protein, therefore egg is protein, therefore egg is meat? What? Isn't that what you just said? I said if you had to put it in the category, you can't put it with bread or vegetable. Because it's a protein. Protein. Okay, so it's peanut butter. It's a peanut protein. butter. Peanut it's butter is meat, protein. No, peanut butter is protein. It comes from a egg. It is, comes from a tuber. Egg is either. <laughs> egg is either. It doesn't come from a tuber. It what comes from a peanut. It comes from a little root. A, it's a peanut. But it's a little root. Yeah, but it's not. It doesn't breathe. All right. If you let a chicken, if you let a male chicken get on the mama I chicken again. with that bait, with it's the egg. It's a Keynes thing. You wouldn't understand. That egg would have been your a Florida, chicken. Your Florida gator education is showing. You don't know what protein is. And, and, and we'll all just, we'll pretend like you didn't say what you said. Egg is liquid chicken. That egg is a meat. We're going to pretend we didn't hear that. <laughs> That's the type of craziness that happens basically every day with Hawk and Crowder from 3 to 6 right here on 560 The Joe and simulcast, maybe simulcast here, but also on 790 The Ticket. And right now I am joined by the executive producer of the show, Alejandro Solana. Alejandro Solana, it's funny. We talk sports. We also talk foolishness. No one ever comes up to me and goes, man, what you guys said about the Dolphins, it's always, well, egg is not a meat. Am I right? <laughs> Nobody cares really about and and you always get those messages talk sports I want to know about the Canes what do you think about the Dolphins man what you're really going to remember is us talking about Batman being half bat and half man right like that's what people care about that's what people Maybe don't think it, but that's what they remember. That's what they grasp onto. We'll get you some sports, and you and I are also going to get to sports in a few minutes, but it's really important, I think, that we pull back the curtain a little bit and let people know this is genuine. This isn't us like sitting up in the morning going, okay, you take the side of an egg, you take, or, you know, you take the side of chicken being a breakfast food. No, this is organic. This is just us being friends, hanging out, and getting into things. It's not even that. Like I just think it's people have opinions, and some of us, you, Dan Day, myself, and certainly Hawk and Crowder, we are very passionate about our opinions. But more than anything, we don't like to be wrong. And we like to beat people in arguments. It's like Twitter, is it not? Like, on Twitter, you want to prove somebody wrong. And that's what our, that's what our show is about, proving each other wrong. And I'm glad you bring that up because we do have more fun than anyone else. It is the most fun you can possibly ever have. I don't believe it that they pay us to do it, but we do. But we're also, as you can see, Pretty competitive, man. Those guys, they're getting into it. Oh, I'm I'm competitive. I have a very irrational uh I I'm I'm a very irrational person when it comes to I think I can do any task that you put in front of me. And I, I think you we're did it all today. the same way. Yeah, I did do it today. Tell us about what you happened today. Uh Hawk and Crowder were talking about a four yard dash, and I feel like we're like hyping this up like a big fight, but I told Crowder 
I can beat you in a 40-yard dash. I believe it. I'm 25 years old. I'm in the best shape of my life. Channing Crowder is, what, 9, 10 years now removed from the NFL? I get it. He's a former professional athlete. He's 10 years removed from that job. And he's not in the best shape of his life. I think I can beat Channing Crowder in a 40-yard dash. And Crowder's out there during a commercial break measuring out 40 yards. He's ready to go right here, right now. I was ready, but I don't know. I don't know if there's enough space here. I think we're going to set this up, though. I think it's going to happen. And uh, mark my words, I will beat him in the 40-yard dash. Mark my words. And that's the thing. You ask me, you go like, Dan, what do you think? You think I could beat him? But you had this confidence in your voice. You weren't scared. You were like, I'm ready to go. And like I said, he was out in the hallway. He was measuring out 40 yards, ready to rock and roll now. I told you, I'm irrational when it comes to basically anything. I think I can climb a mountain if I really set my mind to it. I don't think this is me being irrational. I think this is just facts, bro. This is just facts. And I'm going to do it for the 305. I'm going to do it for Miami. That's just a little bit of the show, Hawk and Crowder, that you're going to get every single day. A lot of, a lot of people ask me this, too. You guys, you know, you really aren't friends. You just show up at work. We're genuinely friends. We genuinely don't just hang out here at work and have a great time. We do outside of work. All of us get together and have fun. Yeah, and I think you're going to be hanging out with Crowder tomorrow, right? Like, you guys are going to get together, drink some Funky Buddha maple bacon coffee porters. Like, yeah, that's it's it's a part of, of the organic nature of that show right there where we can meet up somewhere and it's just a fun time and we tell stories but these aren't tall tales a lot of these stories are very true crowder and i are going to be living it up tomorrow we are going to be hitting the funky buddha hard we're not just saying that as a bit we all went and got burgers one time all of us the hawkman burger over there at tucker duke's each one of us ate every single bite of that delicious burger, having good times, hanging out. You and I meet up a lot of times at Heat uh, halftime games and stuff like that. 601 Lounge, Dan. You know where to find me at the halftime at the AAA. That's it. I don't even have to text. I don't even have to call. So we really do legitimately hang out. We have fun. But we also do some sports stuff. And that's why I like to bring you in because you know the Heat almost as well as Ira Heat beat Winderman. I don't know about he's that. The, he's the Yoda master. But, I mean, tonight you're playing Brooklyn. Brooklyn can up and surprise you but it always seems like the heat are one of those teams that seems to be perpetually ready yeah and i mean brooklyn obviously no kevin durant right we know he's basically out for the season and no kyrie irving with that shoulder who knows when he's going to be back so brooklyn right now they do have spencer dinwiddie they have they have some good pieces i'm not you know deandre jordan he can still get up and down the floor but right now the miami heat are playing well that big win over Indiana, over Indiana. Like I, I think the Heat are going to go into Brooklyn and continue this winning streak. And uh, they've been pretty good on the road. They're better at home. They're what 18, 17, and one at home. We know that, but they're still a pretty good road team. And they're a superior team over Brooklyn, so we should expect a W tonight. Yeah, and you know Spoh's going to have them ready. I did want to get into what Jimmy Butler said and did the other night. What's kind of your take on that? Are you thinking he's just frustrated? Or you think things have been building up? You think it's just one of those moments where the situation gets away from you, somebody says something, does something? I say it's just basketball. It is just basketball. But, no, I don't think he was frustrated uh, with his comments after. On the court, sure, you know, he was frustrated with T.J. Warren, maybe he said something to him earlier. But, man, I just think this is who Jimmy Butler is. Some teams embrace it, some teams don't. All of the Timberwolves, all of the Sixers, all of the Bulls. The Miami Heat embrace this kind of person, this kind of personality. We hear it all the time, Heat culture. And I get to a certain extent, you have to dial back a bit because you can't just be fighting everybody every single game. This is not that type of NBA anymore. But the Miami Heat embrace the... I'll get up in your face and I'm going to show you who's boss type of personality. And that's who Jimmy Butler is. And you know what the best part is? These young guys who the Heat are kind of building around now, Tyler Hero, Kendrick Nunn, Bam Adebayo, Justice Winslow, they embrace this guy as well. And I think that's the most important part. And I'll tell you when I knew Jimmy Butler was going to be a good fit here in Miami, when I heard some of his past teammates saying, the problem with Jimmy Butler is he holds himself to a really high standard and he holds his teammates to that same high standard. And they were mad about that. Who says that? Jimmy Butler holds everyone to as high of a standard as he holds himself. And that's the Miami way. One of the most, uh, crit- or one of the things Jimmy Butler was mostly criticized for during the whole Timberwolves Jimmy Butler era was at the start of training camp, he got a, a, a cast of G League players, bench players, and went in and beat Carl Anthony Towns, Andrew Wiggins, and the starters for that Timberwolves team. And then he leaves practice and he goes to do a, a sit down with Rachel Nichols. And it was this 
super big drama with Jimmy Butler and the Timberwolves. And I think what transpired the other night against TJ Warren and his post-game comments and everything that followed on social media, I think that's what happened in Minnesota. I think that's what you got in Minnesota. And those personalities, Carl Anthony Towns, Andrew Wiggins, that front office, that coaching staff with Tom Thibodeau, they just didn't know how to embrace it. And maybe it's not, you know, to their fault, but the Miami Heat, are a different organization. Eric Spolster is a different head coach. And this coaching staff in front office is just different. And they like that. They embrace that. They embrace the guy who's going to get, again, get in your face and tell you, I'm better than you and I'm going to prove it. And he follows it up by going on the Daily Show last night. Yeah, with Trevor Noah. I actually haven't seen the full thing. I did hear some audio. I have it recorded on my, my TiVo, as you told me the other day, Dan. I haven't heard somebody say TiVo in probably 10 years, but you I, used that reference. I also don't day. own a TV, so that yeah, helps. Yeah, but I have it recorded. I'm going to get to it tonight. But I heard he was amazing. Everybody was raving about it on Twitter. And uh, he did bring up the TJ Warren uh, debate. And he kind of doubled down on what he said. Like, yeah, that's this is who I am. This is what you get. I love that right there. One more thing before I let you go. Big national championship game. Whether you're a big LSU fan like I am, alumnus of the school, Clemson fan, ACC fan, SEC fan. Seems pretty interesting. Seems pretty exciting. You got a great storyline with Clemson that hadn't lost a game in a very long time. Trevor Lawrence, I think he's lost, what, four games in his entire football career? If that, right. Yeah, I mean, mean, pickup games included. And then you've got Joe Burrow, who is just lights out. You got Coach O, who is as interesting of a character in the whole wide world. Dabo Sweeney, taking nothing away from him. He's very interesting. What do you think is going to happen in this game? What do I think is going to happen? I'm hoping a high-scoring game. I don't know who's going to win. I'm not going to predict. But I will say this. If Clemson's able to pull out the win, Trevor Lawrence could go down as one of the best college football players, not just quarterbacks, but players of all time. Because last year, very few people had that Clemson team beating Alabama and Tua Tonga-Vailoa. This season, very few people have that Clemson team beating Joe Burrow and the LSU Tigers, who are probably the better team, to be fair. They've had the the tougher schedule. They've beaten teams down. They destroyed. Who was it that they played? Oklahoma and Jalen Hurts. Man, if Clemson's able to do it again, underdogs in the national championship game, led by a guy that looks like Sunshine from Remember the Titans, that Sunshine might go down as one of the best college football players of all time. See, what scares me, being an LSU fan, both teams so battle-tested. Clemson, though, has that winning way. Like I said, they haven't lost, it seems like, in forever. They didn't they lose last e- easier schedule, right? They're in the ACC. Yeah, but you, they want you to think that. But, you know, LSU has just been called to the floor every single, seems like every single game this season. They've answered the call with shining colors. They've been beautiful. They've been great. They seem like the better team, but it's a one game. It's a national championship. Anything can happen. So I, I reserve judgment on who I think is going to win. Well, I know who you think is going to win. You think your LSU Tigers are going to win, and that's okay. That's fine. Another great thing, though, Monday, hopefully, at least on this show, I know for sure, we have put together a montage, kind of just a little hype sh- little segment for the national championship, and it is voiced by very own Alejandro Solana. So I'm very excited to get behind the production wheels, kind of put that together and uh, have your voice showcased as a big voice. Yeah, I don't know how I'll do as a big voice, but uh, you're uh, the master producer here at Entercom. So if you have your hands in it, it's going to be great. I can guarantee South Florida is going to love it. South Louisiana is going to love it. I don't know what the rest of the country is going to think of it. Let's go viral with that. But thank you so much for spending some time. Of course, the Twitter handle real quick. At Alex M. Solana on Twitter and Instagram. Don't forget, I will beat Channing Crowder in a 40-yard dash. Or something may go down very soon. And, of course, you are the executive producer. What time's on 790 The Ticket? 2 to 6 p.m. on 790 The Ticket. 3 to 6 p.m. right here, 560 The Joe. Go get your weekend started. Have some fun. I know you got a big heat game. I got a Pelicans game coming up. We got a whole lot of fun, a whole lot of good things. Speaking of fun, of course, every Friday, bring you those Hawkman highlights, crowd or crowd pleasers. If you missed it earlier, here's a replay. Hawkman highlights. Highlights. Crowd or crowd pleasers. Crowd pleaser. Bienvenidos al Hockey Crowder Show. Brought to you in Miami. Hi. DJ Figgy Fresh in the mix. So they skin grafted butt skin onto his foot. But the problem is when you look at his foot, it's very obvious where the butt skin is because it looks like a hairy butt. Okay.
So what, what do you, what do you, I don't know, you, and the point is what? How do you beat the Coyotes tonight? DJ Figgy Fresh in the 305. Is egg a traditional breakfast food? Yeah, but we're talking that's, about. That's a unfertilized chicken. Woohoo! I'm leaving. DJ Figgy Fresh on the track. I still remember it, though, to this day, because he walked past our table and I went, Will Purdue! Yeah. DJ Biggie Fresh on the east side. Funny story about Cabernet since you brought it up. Because it looks like a hairy butt. Okay. What, what, do, what do you, I don't know, what you, and the point is what? DJ Biggie Fresh. Woohoo! I'm leaving. Yeah. Big ups for the assist on those Hawkman highlights and crowd of crowd pleasers from DJ Figgy Fresh, a.k.a. J Fig. You can hear them fade Fig weekdays here on 560 The Joe with the Hawk and Crowder Show. The reason they have to fade Fig is because oftentimes her gambling predictions are so bad, it's just better to go the absolute other way. Of course, you can download the podcast of those Hawkman highlights and Crowder crowd pleasers for this show or any of the shows you hear on the radio station for absolutely free no matter where you can get your podcast. Wherever that you do get them, <laughs> that's your business. But you can also go to the radiocut.com app if you need some direction or go to our website, wqam.com. If you have any questions for me, of course, you can always tweet me at Dan Day Radio. Just going to leave you with some light stuff, though. I don't want to be all sports, all serious, although we haven't been all sports, all serious all hour. But, you know, Larry David. Larry David is one of those guys that is just pretty, 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 pretty good. Seinfeld, curve your enthusiasm, absolute hilarity. He recently spoke on the Jets and a familiar coach to the South Florida area. I did call Mike McCagnan before the 2018 draft. And I, I recommended that he draft Lamar Jackson. I have a witness. Really? Yes, I have a witness. And what did he say to you when you said that? He kind of gave me the most condescending. Really? <laughs> wow. Yeah. So you actually yeah, yeah, told him that? Yeah, I told him that. He, he kind of la- he laughed at me. But who can blame him? Nobody thought uh, Jackson was going to be Except good. for the Ravens. Except for the Ravens. Yeah, but, so yeah. what are your thoughts on Gase? I can't, I can't take the hat. <laughs> He's, I can't take a coach wearing a hat constantly he tells me that there's something about him he's not comfortable with himself because i i when i started doing stand-up i wasn't comfortable and i started putting a hat on because it i it was gave me like a different persona a different character because i was hiding that's what he's doing he's hiding either he's hiding baldness or there's something about his personality that he's uncomfortable with but you you can't trust a man who wears a hat (laughs) he's got to take the hat off he's got to face the public He's got to be out there. Get rid of the hat. I'm getting rid of the hat, and I am getting out of here. I am Dan Day, and that'll about do it for the best of the Joe Show. Later, slug. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.